0: going to go off script here. Sorry. Um, As we were um, worshiping, uh, Acts chapter 7, Stephen, the uh, the deacon, uh, was preaching to the Jews, gave them a whole history of their apostasy, uh, how they had been given the opportunity to know God and to know his deliverer, Jesus Christ. They refused to accept that, and uh, they were ready to stone him. He was just in their face. Uh, this is, and I can't tell what verse it is, uh, it's got a paragraph, it says stoning of Stephen. So, um, ever since I had this stye in my eye, I just can't seem to focus very well, but let me read to you. When Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. They were mad. They were Mad, okay? But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, and this is why I'm reading this, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But when they cried out with a loud voice, they stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. What do you want to see in your God? Do you want to see your God who is convenient, who fits what you need for him to do, to be? Or do you want to see your God standing at the right hand? Jesus standing at the right hand. You understand what I'm trying to say? I want us just to stop for a couple minutes and just say, God, I, I want to see you in all of your glory. I want to understand you Bigger and and greater than I could ever comprehend. Maybe I've kept you in a box up to this point. But God, I need to see you as Stephen proclaimed you high and lifted up. Jesus, my intercessor, may ever making intercession for us, standing at the right hand of God in all your glory. Let's just worship him for a couple minutes here and just see God, God, you are great. You are powerful. There is none like you, O God. Who can recount your great works? Who can even understand or fathom the things that you do, your will and your ways? O God. All glory and praise is due to you, O God. All glory We worship you, O God. We give you praise. Help us this morning as we do this final passage that we might change our view of who God is and instead see you high and lifted up. Glorious. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Can we go right to... uh, verses 24 and 25, can you skip ahead Mike to that, I know we normally read this whole thing, Uh, I'll tell you what slide it is, and I may go back, have you got it, okay, There's a lot of review, and I I will maybe review some of this with you. But we've gone on this journey with Jude. Uh, I was thinking about Jude. I kind of want to be in the frame with the Scripture, so please forgive me. I want to be there, but I want to be here so people can see the Scripture over my shoulder. Um, If you remember, when we started in Jude, the first verse, he said, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. I was thinking about, you know what I was thinking about this week? I was thinking about Billy Carter. Anybody remember Billy? Most of you say, who the heck is that? Um, When Jimmy Carter became president in 1976, he had a very colorful family. And one of his colorful family members was his brother, Billy. And because his brother was the president, suddenly Billy went from being your country. I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. He went from being your typical country, um, uh, yeah, uh, just kind of run the mill guy to suddenly he was the brother of the, the most powerful person in the world. So everything that Billy had to say became front page news. Uh, we saw that recently. Uh, Donald Trump uh, as president and his family uh, his, his certainly welcoming input from his family members, and them, not all of them, some of the extended family taking advantage of that opportunity. Uh, but here we have Jude saying, I can't even proclaim myself as being part of this family. I am a servant of Jesus Christ. And if you remember the journey that we've been on, the journey has said... Judas said, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk about the great faith that we share together. I wanted to compliment you on, on uh, uh, being part of this journey with me. But I've heard some things, and, and it's urgent for me to write to you. And that's been the kind of the name of the series, right? The urgency of writing that we would contend for the faith. And Judas expressed a number of things to us. He said. In the beginning, you'll remember, there were those who professed faith, but who turned aside from God. The Jews in the wilderness walked with God. They trusted him all the way. Again, to me, that picture, the walls of water, you think about that. You think that that's going to keep someone. And yet, when it came to trusting God to go into the promised land, they listened to the naysayers. If you are listening to the naysayers, you need to... You need to get new friends. Okay? When I was director of training, uh, and we, we did assigned mentors with new uh, employees, I always said to that mentor that we assigned, you listen to who they're talking to, and you, I want you to tell me who they're talking to in their department. Because there's always going to be those people who've got something negative to say. Right, uh, the Blanchard literature says there are some people who quit an organization and leave, but there are some people who quit and stay, and they are negative. Okay, So here we have these Jews who have seen the power of God through the exodus, through uh, the, uh, the taking of the life of the firstborn, through manna in the wilderness, through all these incredible miracles, and then they failed. And what does it say in verse 5? It says, Jesus judged them. They were destroyed because they did not continue. That's that's harsh, isn't it? Let me go back to Jude here. It seems so harsh to us. Uh, Let's go to the Scripture. Jude, verse 5. I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of Egypt, afterwards Slapped him on the wrist. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. And, and that, is, that is frightening. That should be frightening. If these people who saw the works of God and got so close to a promise failed at the end, how can, how can we? How can we make it? And that's really where we are today. Because you know what? We cannot make it. You can't. If you think, and this goes back to what Pastor John was just saying, if you think you're making it, you're wrong. Okay? We are sinners. The Bible says there is none that does right, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We come to God by, his, by grace, by his mercy alone. It's the only way we can come into his presence. It's the only way that we can be transformed. And somehow, and, and we still filter some of this, somehow, he's the one who has initiated this. If God is the one who has initiated this relationship, and we cannot do it ourselves, and we know that we'll fall short on many occasions, then who's going who's to take us across the finish line? You? It's Pastor John. I love Pastor John. He's one of my good friends, and I appreciate him so. I like Anthony. You know, Anthony is the switch hitter. Did you notice he was on base today? Anthony, you know, one of these days, he's going to be playing the flute. So I would watch out. All you have to do is miss one Sunday, and Anthony will be up there covering for you. Okay? But he he just does it all, and and he's such a faithful servant. And when you catch him during the week, he's cleaning up around uh, the church. Just I just love that. Thank you so much, Anthony, for what you do. Go back to uh, 24 and 25. I will come back to this probably. This is so important because this takes everything that we've talked about up to this point and now delivers this message to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of Of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time, now, and forever. Oftentimes, this is repeated at the end of a service. Uh, People use this as a, uh, really, as a blessing, as a benediction. But there's really a difference between a benediction. And a doxology, go on, let's do the next one. Okay, so this is, this is what we would call a doxology. Dox is a Greek for praise or glory and logos being the word, okay? It's an expression of praise. Um, this week at our Bible study, uh, I c- you can go to, if you type in uh, doxologies in the New Testament in Google and it'll bring up a sheet and it'll kind of tell you those different doxologies. I would encourage you, if you want to expand your prayer life, if you want to grow in your faith as, as Jude has challenged us, I would really step back and say, what is my prayer life like? And I would think if you go to Matthew chapter 6, you will find that many of us pray, I know you don't want to hear this, many of us just pray hollow, shallow prayers. Okay? Not that we're praying them out for others to hear. We're, you know, we're asked to pray all the time, you know, when you're a professional minister, you know, you're always praying. And that can be such a detriment because we don't listen to our prayers. And and, and I believe if you get into this understanding of what doxologies are, and if you start to season your prayer with these praises. So you're praying along, God, you know, bless my mom and keep my kids. And oh, God, uh, how great and awesome you are. To you be all the glory. I think, I think that'll change your life. I think it'll change your prayer life and it'll change your perspective. That's what I think. So go to the. Oh, so okay, there's four parts here. So there's an object of praise and there's a word of praise. There's an indication of time which is really interesting. So this takes us back to the box idea, right? Because God is beyond time. We're going to see that and what Jude says, God who before time was in existence. Hey, if you're trusting in someone to be on time right now, it's in your control to a certain extent. In some cases, right? Oh, it'll be, you know, it'll be there tomorrow, you know, and it takes a few days. Um, and, and, but that's a, that's a time and space control thing. When we're praising, when the object of our worship is beyond time, That changes our understanding, doesn't it? On whom are we depending? If God is beyond time, if we're worshiping a God who is outside of this time and space realm, then we need to step back. And that's what happened with Stephen, right? Stephen stepped back as he was being threatened with his life, his very life, and he said, I see the God who is beyond time. And he's standing And, and the apostates couldn't, couldn't receive it. They wouldn't listen. We've learned several things, right? We've learned that deception is real. There are going to be deceivers in and among us, okay? We've learned that judgment is coming. It's really going to happen. We talked last week about God's mercy. And God, by his mercy, actually using us, to go in and and believe it or not you're going to get singed. And there's going to be times you're going to have to clean up a mess. Okay. And today we're going to learn one more thing. That when God delivers, he delivers on time and he can be a, he can be counted on. We can trust that he's going to do what he said. We bought a table years ago. Uh, and one of the reasons we bought it, it was kind of one of those taller, remember that taller table we had in Beaver, um, on those tall chairs? It was kind of a cool table. And it was our understanding that it had a warranty. So when that thing had get scratched up, we were like, oh, I don't have to worry about this. you got a warranty on this baby, right? So when we went to, uh, to you know, kind of check on that warranty, hey, you know, this table's all scratched up, they were like, Well, that's not exactly what you have here. uh, You're not really going to be able to use that warranty for this. Or what you thought you had, you really don't have. Okay, you ever have that happen? Hey, I thought my insurance was going to cover this. You mean uh, I got to pay this out of pocket? Ouch, okay. Never have to worry about that with God, right? So let's keep going, Mike. Uh, Here are some benedictions. So these are examples of benedictions, okay? This is a very famous one, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Uh, And be gracious to you. We've heard that. Here's another one. Now may the God of peace who brought you again from the dead, who brought from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by his blood, the eternal covenant equip you. So those are more benedictions. Okay. And we can certainly pray. And, and you know, they're probably somewhat interchangeable. But a doxology, go to the next page. Here's an example. Romans 3. And I had, a, I had a kind of consolidated. There's actually several of them in Romans. Oh, this is great. This is great. Read this and breathe as you read it. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, you've got that groan. That's Romans 8. That's a groan that comes from in your spirit. As you, I'm telling you, as you worship God, something changes inside of you because the spirit inside of you bears witness to your spirit that there is a great God beyond time. And you've got to pause. If you're blowing through these things, you've got to slow down and say, wait, wait a minute. If you're going through a tough time, you need to pull over and you need to read this and you need to breathe. Is that going to make everything better? Maybe not in your timing. But if God is sovereign, if he is ultimately in control of all things and we are his and he is keeping us, And he will not leave us nor forsake us. We need to change our our focus, right? Instead of focusing on what I can do. Instead of focusing on the problem. Let's go back to verse 5, okay? They focused on the giants. Instead of focusing on God. The two gentlemen, the two who went in who said, God is able. They were the ones who lived through that wilderness. So what are you going to do? you want to be a Joshua or Caleb? Or do you want to be one of the other ten? Because that's what this comes down to, right? And again, read verse 5. Those who did not hold through to the end. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fired up here this morning, okay? It is called the pearl of great price for a reason. It is the most precious thing that we can have. The knowledge of the obtaining of this salvation, the kingdom of God. A man sold everything he had so that he could have the treasure that was in that field. Who do we think we are when we want to have God plus our football team and all these other? You see what I'm saying? I'm saying football team. They're going to lose today anyway. So, um, so I've given up on them already. Um, but you, I, I'm trying to make a point. Do you understand what I'm saying? When Jesus tells us those stories, just think about it. I'm going to sell everything I have because this is more important. I searched the house and I found something that was lost, and I'm going to tell everyone about it. I'm a woman who's had five husbands, and I'm living right now in that part of town, okay? And everybody knows it, because everybody knows everybody's business. But you know what? I don't care. You've got to come see this guy. You've got to talk to this Jesus, because he'll change your life. Okay? Where are those evangelists? Where are those people who live their faith in such a way? You've got to know this, because if you don't, number one, you're missing on great, out on great joy. But number two, you've got a reckoning that's coming. Hey, come on, it's coming. We know that. Okay? And I would would hasten to say that those people are sitting around saying, "Ah, I don't got to worry about it. Those are probably the ones we need to worry about. Right? Because we're going for it. There are four types of soil, right? And three of the four don't get it. Only one gets it. That road is not wide. It's not 64. Okay? Okay? It's this little narrow road. And you gotta find it. And when you find it, you gotta stay focused to stay on it. It's a narrow road. Okay? There's gonna be plenty of people on that wide road. And we gotta go there. And we gotta stand there and set up a little sign and say, You gotta drink this water because you're on the wrong road. Okay? And they're not gonna like it. Okay? Fortunately, i got 40 captives tomorrow afternoon, and they're getting, they're getting both barrels of it, um, which is good for them. Uh, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, so let, let's work through this. So here he goes. He's been telling us about the false teachers. He's been telling us about the judgment, how they followed the way of Cain. Remember I talked about the way of Cain? You can go back to that one if you want. Uh, I think it's verse 11. Their, their worship, and this really hits home, folks, their worship was convenient. Hey, this is comfortable for me. I'm telling you, we've got to step back and ask ourselves, am I just saying, hey, this is real. Hey, God, this works for me. It's really good for me. Is it good for you? No, it's not. Okay? I've got to, I've got to deny myself. I've got to lay everything down. I can't come partway, halfway. You know, if somebody came to the door and said, you got to get out of the house right now because there's a tornado coming, what are you going to do? You know, I think I got a couple minutes. Let me check my phone and see. My my weather app says tornado's gonna be here in about two minutes. So I still got to. You're out of the house, right? It's not convenience, it's full tilt focused on what's important. Okay? All right? Balaam said, No, I think we can, I think we can work this out. God, listen, I'll I'll do this for you if you do that for me. How's that? Yeah. So In this transition, go back to 24, now, now, to him who is able. That word able is dunamis, the root of it is dunamis, okay, spirit of God, outpouring power, right, to him who has the power. To do far more, I love this, I love this, I pray this all the time. To do more than we can ask or think. When you pray, you got to know that God can do more than you ask or think. So is that going to change the way you pray? It better because you're going back to the box here. Hey God, if you do it this way, that's going to work great for me. How's that? That verse says that God is not going to do it that way, and he can do more if you will trust him to do more and let him do it the way he's going to do it. No amens today, John. I ain't getting nothing here. Okay? If God is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think, then we need to change our thinking. We need to change our asking. We're not asking for big enough stuff. God, I know you can change it. I know you can change these kids' hearts. I know you can change the situation. You may choose not to do it. Remember the the three boys, Hebrew boys? Come on, folks. We're walking through the Bible here. Remember the three Hebrew boys? We know he can deliver us if he chooses to. If he doesn't, we're going to trust him anyway. Okay? And what happened? There was three guys that didn't get burned. Oh, by the way, there was a fourth one in there. Okay? When you look at that story and you look at that verse, is that going to change your prayer life? I want to do an altar call right now. I mean, this is crazy. We, we limit God. We have finite things. I mean, we're human beings. I understand that. But we need to read the Bible and see what it says and say, God, this has got to change the way I think. Because I'm not asking right. If I'm not, if I'm not getting right, if you keep doing what you're doing you're going to keep getting what you're getting. That's as simple as that, right? You've got to change what you're doing. You've got to change the way you think. Go, keep going next one. This this good? This is good. Him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. I kept I shortened that one section kept for long ages but now disclosed through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. I don't need to read this to you. If he has the strength and the power, that's going to lead us to praise. Glory forevermore. I don't know why it didn't fit on there. It's okay. okay. We know that he is able. And we commit ourselves to him. What is the scripture? I could sing it. For I know that he is able. Committed, committed, I can't. remember that song. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember. I can't even sing it now. I know whom I have believed in, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. He is able. He has the power. God is incredibly. Beyond our understanding. It's like me talking to my dog about physics. Right? He's just going to look at me and say, listen, are we going out or (laughs) what? Okay? Keep going. Okay. So to him who is able to keep you. Now there have been four keeps mentioned in Jude. This fourth one is different. This keep has to do with guarding or protecting, what I put was I put preventing. Okay, He's able to deliver on the promise and prevent us not from stumbling. We all stumble in many ways. The Scripture says we are selfish and pursue we 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 pursue our selfish ends. Okay, but God will protect us. He will guard us. He will deliver on His promise. That if we commit ourselves to follow him. To that pearl of great price. He will deliver on that. And he will take us into glory. You can count on him to do what he has promised. No one else may do that right. Though none go with me. Still I will follow. And here's a verse okay. My sheep hear my voice. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. He keeps us. That's a, that should be a great assurance to us. Again, he's not going to stop us from, you know, it would be nice if he could keep us from sinning. I wish that would happen. Go to the next one. So here's the question. What happened to these guys? Remember we talked about this last week. If God is able to keep us, then why didn't he keep these guys? This to me is troubling. Because I say to myself, well, hey, if these guys could fall. This guy here, the one who wrote this book uh, on dating, uh, I remember listening to the passage in Jude uh, last week, and a gentleman who was preaching had been to this guy's church. He was like an, uh, an acolyte. He, like, followed this guy. This guy would have conferences, and, and he loved this guy. And he's preaching from Jude, and he doesn't know what happened. I'll show you what happened. Turn the, go to the next slide. Okay, If Jesus promises that he will keep us and not lose any of us, we're off the slide again here. I don't know why. Um, this says, John says, they went out from us. If they had been with us, they would have stayed with us. This is a very hard teaching. Because essentially it's saying that these guys who wrote Christian books, held conferences, did videos, blah, 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 were never really with us. You've got to believe one or the other folks. You've either got to believe that you as an individual can turn from the God who has provided all this for you, who you didn't come to on your own to begin with, He brought you, you've got to believe that you can turn your back on that same God. Or, you've got to believe that there are folks sitting here who talk the talk, but they're not with us. That's a very difficult thing to swallow. I'll tell you, I've been just really wrestling with that. But it's one or the other. If God's the only one who can get you into the kingdom and he's going to keep you then can you walk away? If you didn't get in there on your own you're not walking away. So that means that there are people among us who really were never part of us. That's what John is saying. Which makes it even more important for us to really seek the word of God and the leaders that God has given to us, okay? You hear what I'm saying? I, you know, I, and this is where the Grace Group thing and all comes in. Uh, we've got to make sure that we have the right people in place who are doing the right thing, who are solid in the Word of God. And if somebody's telling you something else, and you're like, I don't know, that don't sound right, it ain't. It ain't. If you're not if you're not sure, see that guy sitting in the front row, that's why he gets the big bucks. Okay, don't call me, call him. I'll be happy to give you his number. No, I, I, and I'm serious because there's all kinds of stuff going on, and what we've said and what Jude has been saying is. False teaching is prevalent. It's been prophesied. That's how the enemy will divide us. By bringing us to a place where we just turn aside. And we don't want to do that. We want to stay true. We've committed ourselves to this. And God is committed to us as well. But we know he's going to keep us. Keep going. Him who is able to... To keep you from stumbling. And present. Now, this one blows my mind. And to present you blameless before the throne. Go to the next verse. Go to the next slide. I'm sorry. Okay. Anybody who tells you that they hung out with God or or Jesus or anything and did not. Fear for their lives is a liar. Okay? There is no way. If you read the stories of these people who had an experience with God, it was like no other experience. A holy we we can't even grasp the holiness and the majesty of God. We can't even begin to fathom what it's like. Because these bodies, although they were designed, Adam's body was designed to be a glorious body as he dwelt with God. We are now, this flesh is corrupt. Okay. John, who knew Jesus better than, than anyone, better than these other guys who had experiences with God, when he saw the resurrected Christ on Patmos, it says he fell down at his feet as though dead. If that happened to John, who am I? I am no one. And Jude is saying to us, he will present you before God, blameless. That is incredible. That I would be purged of my sin. That Jesus' righteousness would be on me. And that God would not see the ugliness of Jobuchi, but he would see the righteousness of Christ. And not only will I stand before him, what's next? There'll be great joy. And Zechariah, or Zephaniah. I'm sorry. I went to Zechariah's tomb. Not Zephaniah. I don't know. Anyway, it was cool. Um, he will rejoice over you with gladness. God is going to sing. God is going to sing over you. You guys are going to dance together. When we get to heaven. Not like that. Probably. It'll probably be a little bit more sophisticated than that. But to him who is able to present keep you to able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory, that overwhelming glory of God, with great exuberant joy. Wow. Wow. You understand now why he breaks into praise. Go to the next one. To the only God our Savior. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be great glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. Next one, Mike. Before all time. Before the world was made. Both now and forever. And of course, it finishes with an amen. Because when you are doing business with God, when you are are transparent in your praise and expression of his glory, other people around you can't help but just say amen. I mean, it's just going to be a response. It's your own spirit. You're just going to say amen. Yes, let it be. Let it be, oh God. So go to the next one. I didn't show you the beginning. I, I actually had this slide up front. Uh, have you ever been in a place where you were watching a movie that you'd seen the end of, and a bunch of other people hadn't seen it? Right? Doesn't it make it's like irritating, right? Because you really want to tell them, "Oh, don't worry about this. Uh, everything's going to be fine." Why? What? Why it happens? Don't tell me the end. I don't want to know. Um, uh, we know how it ends. We know how it ends. There is deception. There is judgment. There is mercy. And there's great joy. For those of us who pursue God. The woman with the issue of blood, I know if I just reach out, I know if I touch him, I'll be made whole. We know how it ends. And for us, for those of us who pursue this, it ends well. But for many, many people, it will not. We can't, just, we can't just forget that there are others who are not going along. I think the responsibility on our part is to be persistent, to seek God with all our heart, to live this out, and to let other people know, hey, you've got to stay with it. Stay with me. We're going to make it. Let's focus on God. Don't focus on these circumstances. Everything around us is temporary, right? Paul said the things that are seen are temporary, right? I told my kids, you're not getting any of this. I'm going to spend it all. It's temporary. You don't need this. We don't have anything anyway, but hey, don't look at this. You, you ain't getting nothing. Um, but The things that are unseen. I love that verse. Second uh, Corinthians 5 to 21. Oh, I'm sorry, 418, four eighteen. Second Corinthians 418. The things that are seen are temporary. So God, show us the unseen. Like Elijah with a servant. Show him. I love that. There's a, there's so many beautiful pictures that go along with this in the scripture. Hey, it's going to rain. It's going to It hasn't rained for three and a half years. It's going to rain. Keep sending a servant out. I don't see it. I don't see it. And 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 even though he knows it's going to rain, Elijah says, God, let him see Let him see it. So suddenly he comes back and says, "I saw a cloud as small as a man's hand. God show me a cloud. show me that cloud. Sometimes it's so hard. I know we're going to make it and sometimes it gets I get weary. Just show me the cloud. I'll keep you You don't have to, but it'd be really cool really cool if you show me that cloud, even it just a little one. I'll take what you've got. last one. go to the last one Mike He's able. He will keep us. He will present us where they're called. Let's stand. Let's finish. This is great. This is great. Oh, God, we praise you. We worship you. God, we are easily distracted by our time and space realm. And you knew that. And Jude knew that. And he wrote to us to contend. And he told us about the bad. He told us about the deceptions and the and, and judgment. And he told us about how we are beloved by you, that we are called, that you're the one who has brought us and you'll keep us because you're able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we might ask or imagine because you are able to keep us and to present us before your throne of glory blameless. Oh God, how great you are. Forgive us for our short-sightedness. Forgive us for letting letting down, for turning aside this race, like you said. Paul says, I run the race to win the prize, to finish that prize of eternal life. Sometimes it's hard. Show us that cloud as we pray and seek your face. Remind us That you keep us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Oh God. Especially those who are struggling right now. Encourage them. You will deliver us. Because you are great sovereign. Hallelujah. You are the only God our Savior. And you deserve the glory. Majesty. Dominion. Because you have all authority. You had it before time began. And you have it forever. Change our prayer. Change our thinking, God. Let us not be the same. Put our hips out of socket. We're wrestling with the angel. Put our hips out of socket. We're not going to let go until you change our thinking so that we can live for your glory. We can look at not what is seen, but what is unseen. Knowing that you will deliver us. You promised and you will deliver. Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Praise the Lord. Great series. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and uh, all these PowerPoints, Pastor Nick is making them available, right? Uh, Facebook or somewhere. Faceplant. uh, Instasource and all those other things. God bless you all. Have a blessed day.